Welcome to the Notary Ninja Show with author, entrepreneur, business developer, and, well, ninja master, Mark Sias. We discuss side hustles, business opportunities, scams, leveling up, and so much more. Just don't argue with the name could cost you your You can reach Mark at Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Notary Ninja Show, the Notary Ninja Podcast. Today we have a special guest, uh, Greg Lorette. He is the Notary Geek, notarygeek.net. I'm calling this episode, I can't say it with a straight face, the Ron Con. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, it's like, you know, you you got Notary Geek, I guess some Notary Ninja. There's a Notary Nerd, and there's there's a, a couple of, there's a Notary Babe. It's almost like a bat. It's like we have our own little Batman world, like we're our own little Gotham City. Right. (laughs) But in this little Gotham City, there's good guys and bad guys. Uh, So let's talk about some of the bad guys that's going on. Greg, Greg, give me some insight here. Um, Well, first, hi. Thanks for having me. My name is Greg Lorette. I'm the Notary Geek. I run notarygeek.net. We do Ron nationwide, and we. uh, Primarily, most of our customers tend to be international customers. Thanks for having me. So you want me yeah. to jump right, like, uh, jump right into it, or do you want to kind of guide, guide me a little bit? Well, so you have, uh, you know, in your experience, obviously, with with marketing and doing competitor analysis, which is what we do, um, you have discovered that some of the competitors aren't really doing legitimate, <laughs> aren't performing legitimate notarization. So dive into that. Yeah, sure. So... In the world of remote online notarization, uh, obviously there's a lot of people, um, a lot of new notaries looking for customers and so forth, but a lot of the existing customers, especially the ones internationally, are finding people that are willing to so-called notarize their documents. And they're finding a few things, uh, scammers, notary scammers uh, in a few ways. And I wanna point out that it's not just the notary scammers, there's customers that are obviously committing fraud and they are providing fake IDs, IDs of individuals that are not them and doing doing a lot of different frauds. And primarily it's focused around the uh, United States Postal Service form 1583 is what I'm seeing, that are open up mailboxes in the US. And once they get the mailbox open, they can do other things. They can get an ITIN number from the IRS, and they can right, right. This is th- this is dangerous. Let's go down that road for a yeah, quick, yeah. quick second, because this is a dangerous thing. So if Iran is trying to make a dishonest buck, I get it. We got bills to pay, but mm-hmm. you could be letting somebody access to the country from a communist country uh, that has ill intent. And I know that Florida just recently, I think, passed a law where you can't, no foreigners can, no non, no non Americans can buy property in Florida. Oh, I think it's certain countries that are limited. Certain countries. Yeah, yeah. It's I think specifically China is implicated in that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so specifically, Um, specifically, the 1583 forms I'm talking about um, are primarily focused on Chinese individuals. That's what I'm referring to. So these are primarily Chinese um, people that are opening mailboxes. So what I'm finding is a few different categories of these fake scammers. All right, and. 
they're my number one competition. So my main competition online, I, I work with other people that are valid for remote online notaries. We work together. We have a lot of the same customer pool, but our main competition is just scammers. And so some of them, what I've found are um, not notaries at all. They're just people that are outside the US and grab some nice scam and they just try to do a notarization. Um, that's one category of them. Another category is people that are actually legitimate notaries that are use Zoom. Um, and most of these people I've called out, I've confronted them, I've reported them to the state. Some of them, there's so many of them that it's hard to report everybody to the state. But I reported them to the state, and most of these people have stopped doing what they're doing. Um, I even have one person that actually in China, physically in China, who obtained their Virginia notary commission, not the remote online notary commission, just the Virginia online commission, and from China is notarizing documents as if they're in Virginia, all via the internet with, without a video meeting, or sometimes with a video meeting, but only the only the signer there, but uh, but not a remote online notarization. It looks like it's supposed to be winning there. What I'm dealing with right now, the person that we have left, and I'll go ahead and say who it is, is Crystal Burgess in Virginia, who is doing a high rate of um, various notarizations, but primarily USPS 1583. I've been holding off on saying the name because I'm waiting on one of the notary bills one statement with me regarding the matter. But I actually have um, a website coming out soon to expose some of these frauds. And the state of Virginia has been very difficult to report this to because um, they say that they don't do investigations. When you call them on the phone and they say, contact this email address, but when you contact the email address, they say they don't do these investigations. Um, they refer me to the Commonwealth Attorney's Office who says, hey, call the police. So what I'm doing is I'm reaching out directly to the mailbox. The police, well. we have an international crime being committed in the United States and the, and the state's attorney wants to call the police. So, That's right, and it's, it's beyond that. So what we have is we have her working with a person who's um, a CCA, a um, certified acceptance agency, who you can work with to get your ITIN number. They can expedite the ITIN number. Mm -hmm. So they're doing a combo deal where you can come through them and get the USPS form. Uh, maybe even get an address for them as well and get the ITIN number. So I don't know how legit their actual ITIN portion is because I haven't looked into that. But they're using this notary in Virginia who was using Zoom without proper ID verification or without recordings or anything else. But I think what Virginia is really big on is the um, the biggest violation there is um, the ID verification. There's no biometrics, no KBA, nothing like that being done. Now, and she goes to the trouble of digitally signing the document with an identity certificate. So if you look at the document. Even in detail, you would think it was notarized on like notarized.com. It would wow. wow. probably be no difference in the way the document looks. Now, if you request a possession report, there there won't be one. And we're talking about five thousand plus transactions easily. Wow, wow, that's um, that sounds like prison time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that's a, that's a Ron con. So what do you think she's taken per, per act? I guess. I, I mean, what, I try, what's the, what's the upside for her? Well, if you look at her history, um, in past years, she has a, 
extensive arrest history out of North Carolina. Um, sounds like, like she'd make a great notary public. I mean, yeah, it's all very I don't know about convictions. I'm not sure if she has any felony um, convictions or anything. I'm thinking probably not. I haven't done a, like a background request from the state to see what the status of these cases were. But she's got a lot of mugshots out there. But um, I think for her, it's a matter of being able to sit at home and just simply make a living. Uh, and then her mind is probably happily honest. Now, interesting thing about this is a, concept, a customer hired me once, and um, he meant to hire her, actually. It was actually a mistake. And so I contacted her, and I, I, I tried to have a conversation with her. And I even asked the customers before I reached out to her if, if they knew, before I knew who it was that they intend to hire, if um, they were sure that she, you know, the person that they normally use is, is not a fraud. They got really upset with me about it. But um, I ended up thinking that she was legit because she had done so many of them and let her know about the other scammers on there, on, on the internet. And um, she seemed very not interested and said, I'm not gonna mess with anybody else's hustle. Um, so it should have been a red flag for me then, but um, so I, it was it was a few months before I realized that um, what, what she was doing. But this is definitely the biggest the biggest one. I've actually approached the um, CAA, the Certified Substance Agency, talked to him, told him he was using the fraudulent notary, and uh, he's not stopped. He's continuing on. So I'm definitely going to be reporting this to um, postal inspectors, local police, district attorney, uh, Virginia governor's office, the IRS, many many people. Well, yeah. I mean, I think the IRS would take an interest in this, too, especially if the end user, fraudulent user's intent is getting a USEIN or, or anything like that. Yes, definitely. That's, uh, the USPS form opened up the box and then the I-10 and the bank accounts and then various financial transactions. Oh, and, and most of them in China. And they, the so-called wrong sessions, I know what it's like because I hired their service myself. I was their customer myself. It's run by Chinese nationals. You have a Zoom meeting run by Chinese nationals, and they pull and the, and the, the notary comes on and off, and they, and they do multiple customers in a single session. So it's not even like they try to do ID verification. They have the customer send your ID over the internet, and they have you just hold it up, like you know, like hold up, uh, hold up your ID, yeah, hold it up, like I got it. That's it. <laughs> Oh my goodness, <clears throat> this is wild. So hopefully somebody, I think with as much as you've done, somebody will pick up on some of this. <clears throat> oh, that's gonna be picked up on because um, that's one of the reasons I've been holding off. It's, uh, yeah, of course, I don't get paid for this, so um, I've got other things to do and I've wanted to do this sooner, but I'm working with another right. it's, it's, payment. It's like you're trying to make your own living, but yeah. you gotta go play uh, Magnum PI yeah. because exactly. nobody else is. Exactly. But I guess if you eliminate your competition, it does help you, but- It does help you, yeah. And but, plus you're helping fraud, but helping prevent fraud. But I'm, 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 I'm doing a press release though, and I'm gonna get it out there pretty widely. I'll be contacting my mailbox business directly. The funny thing about this is, iPostal.com is rejecting a lot of my um, USPS forms, especially when people want to enable international shipping and they're trying to push people to use Notarize. And one of the reasons they're doing that, or they started doing that, is because I have a customized stamp. My e-stamp is very customized. Mm -hmm. And um, it's funny because they're uh, they're worried about the ID verification, uh, us not using KBA, which they, they have no uh, control over 
what we do there, what they're doing is totally wrong. Um, in fact, iPostal was even inserting their own email address, iPostal email address inside the form for email address. The whole purpose of the form was to identify uh, identify and be able to track the person who opens the, the mailbox. They count. But the interesting thing, is, yeah, the interesting thing about this is that um, they are touching the scammer's form though, because she looks more like notarized. Wow, wow. Mm -hmm. So iPostal could find themselves in a, a bit of a predicament here. Just that whole thing with them going to notarize sounds like monopoly to me anyway. It is. It's total monopoly. It's, it's a complete uh, monopoly. Not only do they go to notarize, but uh, what they're doing is, and I had a conversation on the phone with the person who runs the whole 1583 division. Not only do they uh, try to force you to notarize, on the phone or in your email, they'll tell you, you don't have to get notarized. But you have to use them once you get into it. This is a change that happened two or three weeks ago. You have to use Notarize to enable international shipping, which is BS. But if they want to do that as a company, what they can do is they can say, hey, we're not going to ship internationally for people that don't have a U.S. presence, that don't have U.S. history. And as a company, they can say, hey, we're going to do a validation of USL. What you can't do is you can't say, go find a notary public. And then depending on how you get notarized, we're going to treat you different. They can make it as a business decision. You know, a notary is a notary, you know? So um, you can't demand its KDA or anything else um, on that. And, you know, have a similar battle going on with the mortgage and home selling industry, you know, uh, with underwriters. And I have that battle with them quite a bit. And I do have a very good success rate where people notarize for me with biometrics outside the country. And when they push back on the documents, they get accepted because Florida law protects us on that, protects the customer on that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's good. I mean, I, we, I, I am comfortable saying we got our crap together here in Florida. Um, mm -hmm. So let me talk about, uh, so that's interesting with iPostal for sure. That definitely like, it requires some snooping. Um, this is crazy, man. There's a whole lot of craziness that goes on in this space. And uh, I've kind of been in my own little bubble with it. Uh, and you know, and we've talked before, I'm not even really a fan of the online notary. Um, but it seems like a lot of these, my biggest, my biggest gripe is that these companies, I call them big box, you know, they are, they're, they're bottom feeding, if you will, off of both sides, right? They're they're sucking money out of the customer, that third party service provider that they're apparently eliciting skeptical contracts. I mean, I don't it can't be entirely legitimate if it's a monopoly. Uh, but then they are also nickel and diming the notary to death. Um, they are. Just, it just creates such a um, for something that had at the inception had the ability for a lot of notaries to do very well with has turned into this um, cesspool. Oh, it's, it's completely amazing. And it goes much wider than just the remote online notary uh, world. Anybody that's a notary that looked into being a notary at all, you know, you and I talked about this without going too deep on the NNA background track. It starts there. It's the, the scam and hustle starts right there. Where they, where the NMA and other companies try to make it think you can make a whole lot of money real quick, and um, they want you to become a certified with the NMA background check, which is totally itself a violation of the FCRA if another company requires that. But then 
they have deals with Notarize and all these other companies. And for those people that don't know, uh, you can only do Notarize on demand. Uh, you can only take Notarize on demand, hit our call sessions if you're in Florida, Texas, Virginia, or Nevada. Yeah, I knew and it was you, limited states. So only those four states, right? And, and I saw. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I saw an interview or a video you were in on another YouTube channel, and where they were talking about these. I guess they were Michigan Rons, and apparently Michigan had a limited Ron window, and then it went out the door. And they said, "Hey, maybe we need to make our legislators aware that that notarized is siphoning money out of the state of Michigan." And I was like, "Yes, yes, yeah, yeah." yeah they, I'm in the middle of watching the video now with the um, with the state lawmaker on there. But um, for those people that don't know, when you take a session on Notarize, if you if you can pick up a session, which you have to be tricky with technology to even be able to do that, you're only making five dollars per stamp, uh, first stamp, and the second stamp you get an additional dollar. Each additional stamp you get an additional dollar. So um, at most you're making eight or nine dollars on a session, more likely five or six, and that session should take you an hour, hour and a half. It could take you four or five minutes if it's real quick. The customer knows what they want. Notarize is a good platform. They have a good software product, that's for sure. But don't be fooled to think you're going to make a lot of money sitting there taking these notarized calls. That's very insightful, especially with the um, with the kind of the clunkiness with KBA for somebody who's inexperienced with it. I want to back up just a sec because when you talked about the NNA and their credentials in their background check. Um, what's interesting, you know, Grace and I, we, we run a, a signing service and it's really kind of small, it's low key. We're trying to scale it up, but we don't require anything from the notary. If you're a notary, as far as I'm concerned, the transaction is on your end. I'm just grabbing a lead for you. I'm grabbing a, a qualified customer for you. It, it, now, I never ask them for any of this. If I do have a contractor agreement, which is mainly because of a non-compete clause, but uh, which even that I don't care about. That's just if somebody was going to overtly try to siphon my my leads or business model. Mm -hmm. But um, the uh, NNA background stuff, I could care less about. Now, if I was hired, if a title company come to me and they go, I need to see this notary. Well, that's on them. All right. I'll get their information for you and pass it along to you, but my service does not require that from them. If they are, if they are licensed in their state, that's all I care about. Right. So, as a company owner, you can do your own little checks. If, if, if long the person authorized you to do your own checks, you can do your own checks. But if you did go out and check to be an NA background check, and it's not an NA background check at all, it's a background check online background check. NA is the requester of the background check. But if you did go do that. Uh, check with third parties without going through the whole FCRA process. At that point, Mark, you would be in violation of the FCRA. So the way you're doing it now is actually correct. Um, so, and it is on the notary if they're doing it wrong. They're, they're the ones that take reliability. And the interesting thing about this is um, the background checks and all that we're talking about. If you go to a signing service, the signing service people, they don't have to pass any kind of background check, right? What is they're doing they're more involved with the whole thing seeing the information you know you still have access in that case where you are facilitating it you still have access to um sensitive information and that is the whole point is that there are eyes being laid on social security numbers and other mm -hmm. things and 
theoretically, I guess we don't want a nefarious character, but that should already be checked at the state level, getting a notary commission. Exception being Virginia, because apparently they have cons there. But um, well, I mean, <laughs> I think it's very serious to do something similar to we do and say that they, they don't have this criminal background, or whatever. And I think I'll lose an oath, and somebody would have to report it. But I would like to believe in Florida, we would investigate it uh, much better than Virginia seems to be. We seem to have our act together pretty good here in Florida. But yeah, so but you're totally right. It'd be, the legal responsibility is on the notary themselves. And notaries should realize that. Uh, when it comes to many different things, they should realize, not just remote online notarization, anything at all, that they're taking on full responsibility there. And the signing service tells you, I want it done this way or that way. Or I've seen, I've even seen recently on Facebook where people have said an attorney's office wants them to backtake something. Well, you know what? There's nothing wrong with an attorney asking for that to happen. There's nothing wrong with an attorney saying, hey, could you go ahead and backtake that? You know, I don't, I don't think it would be illegal to ask, but if you do it, it's on you. It's totally on you. And, and I think there's limited circumstances where you can do that. And I don't know that Florida has any of those that qualify, uh, at least not off the top of my head. But I, I think there are some states and some circumstances where you could limit do that. But I just would say, hey, if I wasn't physically there at that physical time, then that did not happen. That's not the way we do this. Sorry. Sorry. You know, you're going to have to rework your document or it throws a monkey wrench in it. Um, but yeah, that is, uh, you know, that is on the notary and it, yeah, it's interesting too. Like we have, you know, we have, I just actually, and I just told you about this. We set up a, I got an appointment coming down for next week for Claremont with a, um, an attorney. She wanted to do these estate documents with Ron. And I was like, yeah, you don't even want to do that. Your customers are going to hate you if we put them through that. Let me just send a mobile notary out to them. It'll be way smoother. It's only going to be a little bit more money. I mean, by the time you tally up my $25 per, per stamp fee, it's probably less to have a mobile notary show up and do it. Um, but, um, but uh, yeah, so moving back to the, like, to the KBA stuff, I find that that end user, you end up being, um, you end up having to be their IT support, you know, on the fly, and you're not getting paid for that. Right. So, one of the reasons I am maybe more successful, Ron, than some people, is because I am a fact an IT person, uh, and that that is a huge deal. So, um, while I try not to jump in and be a complete IT person and start troubleshooting down a deep path. Um, I definitely have that in my back pocket, and I'm able to. It, it comes in quite handy. It comes in very, very much quite handy, especially dealing with international customers. Keep in mind, my Chinese customers usually have to use a VPN to get to me in the first place. So you have an additional layer of problems there. So, uh, but, but you, you definitely, if I was not an IT person, I would not be so sure I would want to do this, what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people make hit snags, and um, I use the um, I use Amrock's platform, which is on Nexus ClearSign. Mm -hmm. It's probably the smoothest one that I've used in terms of the online notarization. They pre-tag everything, um, but the 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 number of KBA fails is astronomical. You know, I mean, it's just astronomical how yeah. many of them. Just they, I rarely use KBA, so um, I only use KBA for, so if I have a, um, like a seller package, for example, and I think it might be scrutinized by the underwriter, and uh, even though I don't think that they can demand this, if it's a U.S. person I'm dealing with, 
I might go ahead and um, use KBA. Now, the most recent one that I had that they pulled a video from me, I actually used personally known because I, I knew the signer well enough to feel like I used personally known. I thought it wouldn't be a problem, and they actually did have a problem with that. But they pulled, they asked me for the video. I gave I got the customer's permission. I gave them the video, and they, they approved it. And um, yeah, so talking about the IT side too, um, I'm going to dig in digital certificates a little bit. Let's do it. Okay, cool. So it's very important, like in the case of this one run with Krista Burgess, she, this, this would not work for her because she, using, she was using an identity certificate, which is the same certificate, uh, ICD, I think it is, server, same certificate that would be used on uh, Notarize. However, in general, almost 100% of the time, these falsely notarized documents will not be digitally signed. And so if you're receiving documents, or even if you're have you're in the process where you would come across these documents, whatever your role might be, even another notary where people are saying, Hey, I used this other notary before, ask for the documents. See if the customer give it to you. Um, that's how I found a lot of these scammers. I get the document and it is in fact not digitally signed. I say, Is this the original you got? Yes, it is. It is either not digitally signed, or you can look at the digital signature and tell if it's done wrong. Uh, actually, in the case of Crystal Burgess, you can look at her documents and tell that it's different just because of the way that the, the signature is. But um, And it's also important that if you use platforms, certain platforms, that you do not opt into their free certificate. Because some platforms out there, one in particular, will issue you a certificate from their own certificate authority. Uh, so they, they fired up a server that issues individual certificates. That certificate's worthless. It should only be used in testing. Um, and it's not third party. It's not. It's not a third party issue. It should be a trusted third party. So you want to use, um, yeah, trusted third party certificate. And quite frankly, it's embarrassing if, if the title company or underwriter decides to look at your document and sees that it's issued by this non-trusted entity. It doesn't look good on you as a notary at all to, to be using that. That's interesting. Another thing that um, I. I think is worth we need I probably need to mention this to notaries is now in the book digital pad I talk about the importance of building up your own personal email list and your own contact list so you can generate a book of business or a repeat base mm -hmm. and that is how you can kind of start to thrive and, and overcome all the nickel and diming um, but unfortunately it's problematic that these platforms that we use also have their email address and you better believe that they are email marketing to your customers they are. Yeah, without permission, no. Without permission, <laughs> which is um, at best case scenario. At best case scenario, it's unscrupulous and unethical. At best case, uh, so you're partnering with somebody who, on some level, is willing to steal your client base. Uh, I mean, holy cow! <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a situation where we need to uh, to proceed with caution and just be aware that this is happening. And my hopes and prayers are that some good platforms will come along. Yeah, that yeah. aren't takers. You know. So um, when I use those particular platforms now, um, if I use those platforms, I actually do not provide the customer's email address to them. I, I have a workaround that I use. And I do not provide the customer's email address. That is very smart. Yeah, but the. Uh, but the platform I use right now, Pacama, who just raised their prices, I'm looking at other platforms too, just to see. 
I'm actually looking at Panadoc now to see if Panadoc will let me use their API. They, they didn't give me a clear answer when I asked, but if they, if they let me use their, their API on the low-end plan, I might go with them as well. But um, but on this one platform, that's the lower-end platform, the same one, the lower-cost one that attracts new notaries, the ones that issue their own certificate, uh, if I use their platform now, uh, I do not provide the customer's email address. Well, that's a good idea. That's a good idea because... Um... You'll find that instead of coming back to you for the RON, it's entirely possible that they come back to the platform for the RON, uh, which in my mind, again, unfair business practice, you know, I mean, on some level, they're already making money from you and money from the customer and charging per notarization fees, uh, per stand, or per witness fees, et cetera, et cetera. And then they have you on a payment plan and then somehow they have the audacity to turn around and go and steal your customer. Um, is I, it's very troublesome to me. Yeah, I don't think they're very successful at it though, uh, because I think they only have about 10 open calls per day approximately. And the customers that I've spoken with, in fact, I've had conversations with many customers. After my conversation, they try to use our platform and they try to use it unsuccessfully. They run into problems. And um, well, I think of those 10 calls, I think a high rate of those calls are unsuccessful. Very interesting. That's very interesting to know. And that's actually good news. I, I like to think if you develop a good working relationship with people and you stay in closer communication, that they're just going to be inclined to come back to you because people want the person-to-person relationship rather than the platform relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm dealing with a, a large group of people right now um, that I told you about, but I'm, I'm notarizing for. And um, I've been going above and, above and beyond for them. I even set up their own little web page to upload their documents and stuff. And, and you just give them personal service that they can't find anywhere else, above and beyond. And uh, that keeps them coming back. That is a very smart strategy. I, the value added is um, it's a very good um, it's a very good marketing strategy uh, with customers uh, that um, – we implement in our own, that similar concept in our own physical business that has really allowed us, and I tell other notaries to do this, they probably, some of them probably cringe a little bit at the notion, but it's the idea of building your brand, and that's that, uh, you know, so like Grace and I will go and we'll offer, um, we do this strategically, but, but I'll tell you what we do. So we'll look at um, <clears throat> people in our community in our surrounding community that um, are, we'll say, more influential in social media space, mm -hmm. so to say, and we will offer them free services, not all the time, just like one-off times, mm -hmm. because we know that that is that word of mouth builder from them allows them the next time a social post comes up or they're Absolutely. in a group, your name gets dropped, and that is free advertising you cannot pay for. You cannot pay for it, yeah. And I, I do want to also add that... Um, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of KBA, uh, I do use biometrics usually, but having said that, I do want to say that the experience is very straightforward. Customers love it. They're amazing how easy it is. There are technical problems sometimes, but usually they're device specific or browser specific or um, bandwidth, you know, type of stuff. But for the most part, customers can't believe how easy it is. I have only, my issues with KBI have, have actually never been on a personal level. It's been when I've been a power of attorney for somebody. And when they start asking me KBA questions about somebody I'm a power of attorney, I have no idea. Oh, I'm not a fan of KBA at all. Um, but if it's a U.S. person, 
I might do, you know, if it's a big power attorney with a will and everything, I probably will do KBA in that case, just because it's a U.S. person. But keep in mind, most of my signers are non-U.S., so I can't even use KBA anyway. Gotcha, gotcha. That's, um, and that's okay. You know, that's good. In, in Florida, obviously, we, we allow that, and some people aren't quite aware of that yet. They don't think that's the case. It is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, if I believe if they have a if they have interest if they have some kind of financial interest in the United States or the documents are pertaining to the United States, then it doesn't really matter where they are. Um, <clears throat> so where do you see so where you go, where do you see yourself going forward with your business? Um, so I would say more in the training space and. Um, Enabling other people to uh, do the notar- you know, other people to get involved in doing the notarizations and helping them, uh, helping other people succeed in their business. Um, I have started uh, doing um, web hosting as well, and uh, talk to you about um, talk to you about some SEO and marketing stuff. But I think that um, given my IT background, uh, it only makes sense that I'm helping other notaries. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think that's a smart move. I think that there are a lot of notaries who want to expand their service base and they may get limited or frustrated with the technical savvy part uh, where somebody like you, you're uniquely positioned to come in. You obviously figured a lot out. Like you said, you've, you, you've created custom websites to allow your customer to have a smoother experience. And that alone is, uh, that's freaking brilliant. <laughs> I mean, Thank you. Um, so that's pretty cool. So anything else you want, let everybody know how to get a hold of you. If notaries do want it, they want to, uh, get in touch with you. Maybe, maybe you help them out, uh, charge them to help them out. You know, I yeah, mean, it's obviously time is money. But... Um, you can reach out to me, um, notarygeek.net. Um, I'm on, um, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, you can reach me at Greg at notarygeek.net. And, um, yeah, I'm very available. Um, Feel free to reach out. All the contact information is there on on, on the site, and I love that. I'll put it all. Everything you say, I'll put it in the link for the show's episode as well. Um, So there you have it, the Notary Geek guys. uh, We the the Ron Con. We are trying to uh, we're trying to level up the industry, and we're also trying to give you insight into how to build your customer base and add value and simultaneously not get yourself in any trouble. (laughs) All right, The Notary Ninja is out. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much.